0: take a few minutes. <sighs> now that I have the microphone, let me just offer a couple of things. You know, I mean, it's, uh, you ever seen the little, uh, the little guy that's fighting the giant and he's just pounding away at his ankles and the giant just stands there? That's kind of the analogy between the Sooners and Longhorns right now. Um, <clears throat> I mean, unless you're playing Missouri, but uh, who cares about that? Uh, it's uh, <clears throat> it's not any accident that the hand sign for the Longhorns is the same hand sign as the devil. I, that, that's, not a, that's not coincidental. I, I think there's something much deeper going on here, and it's not enough for your color to be orange. It's gotta be burnt orange, like it's already been to hell and back. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I, but my favorite, my favorite, is that uh, the Oklahoma Sooners sent sent a man to Texas to teach you guys how to play football, and you put his name on your stadium, Daryl K. Royal. So uh, just, uh, I just I love that you have uh, a man from Oklahoma on your stadium building. Okay, enough of that. I guess we, we're here for church, right? Right. I just, I get bitter, I don't know, I'm, I'm a little sore. When he sent me the text, I just wanted to send back and say, it's too soon, man, it's too soon. We should have beat Georgia, we should have beat Georgia. But uh, I, I truly am honored to be here tonight with you, and it's always um, exciting for me to get to come to Kerrville and to get to be with Gates of the City and two of my favorite people in the whole world, and Bert and Becky uh, Wimberly, and then their, their spectacular daughters, Um, just uh, yeah they really are uh, remarkable people and uh, we're privileged to know them I I know that I can say and I think I can say this on behalf of our family but um, I can truly say that the value of our lives went up when we met the Wimberly family and uh, we feel so rich in life because of families just like this and so I'm honored sir thank you for I, I don't know why you keep inviting me back, but I just want to say thanks. It means a lot. It means a lot to me. Um, if you don't ever invite me again, it may have really hurt my feelings because I think if there's nobody that believes in me, Bert evidently does, and so that just keeps me going, keeps me going. and I appreciate it, uh, but it, it, it is a it is a real pleasure, and I have my beautiful wife here tonight. Uh, stand up, Jennifer, and let everybody see you. Would you? Um, my wife and I, we have, we have four children. We have a, um, our oldest is 21, sweet Jesus. And, um, and then we have, uh, we have three girls and a boy. Our oldest is a girl. And then we have, uh, our son, Coy, he's 18. And then, uh, and yeah, he's a student at Christ for the Nations in Dallas. There's your plug. And, um, <laughs> And then we have our daughter, uh, Naomi, she's 15, and then our other daughter, Macy, she's 10. And uh, I don't have four children because I just love kids. I have four children because I really love that woman right there. And uh, so I'm I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. And... um, uh, when we When we moved to San Angelo, Texas, I was ten years old, and it was the first time I ever laid eyes on a Hispanic girl and I thought I have to have one of those for the rest of my life and uh, so <clears throat> God was gracious enough to go along with my plan and uh, so uh, um, we 've been married twenty two years now, and uh, uh, she was a baby when we got married uh, uh, yeah. We waited two weeks till she was legal and then we got married. And <laughs> all right. Well, we are uh, talking about some wonderful things here. And I love the the title of this conference every year, Word First. And um, we're Word people. And this is who we are. I'm reminded, you know back in October we celebrated five hundred years of the Reformation. Uh, Which which sparked the Protestant Church and birthed the Protestant Church as we know it. This type of church. And Martin Luther, who is known as the kind of the the head of the the point of the spear for all of that movement, and it was the. The, the one that gets talked about the most, and most of the Reformation uh, power gets, and influence gets attributed to him. And I think that's probably rightfully so. I, I, um, there are several other great men and women who did a great work. Uh, Martin Luther just wrote so much, and so much of what he, what he believed he, he wrote down, and, he, and so he spread the word. Uh, but Martin Luther said something really important <clears throat> that is, that is uh, good for us today to be, remem- to be reminded of. Of all that happened in the the Protestant church being birthed 500 years ago, Martin Luther said, I only wrote and taught what I found in the Word. I, he says, I did nothing. The Word did everything. And that's still true today. When you just put God's Word to work in your life, it (laughs) does everything. Everything that you need it to do, it does. And not not only that, it does that above and beyond. Yes? Yes? Amen. Well, take your Bibles and turn to Romans chapter 11. I want to start here. I was telling my wife just before I walked up here, I said, all of a sudden I just feel like I'm pulled in 50 different directions. So I'm just kind of uh, doing my best to hear the Spirit of the Lord and, um, and take this in the direction that He wants to go. Uh, Romans chapter 11. Before we read it, I want to pray. <clears throat> Father, we love you tonight and thank you, Lord, for this This opportunity to meet with you Your word says that when we gather together In your name there you are in our midst Lord we have made an appointment tonight With you and we believe that you have also Made an appointment with us And that we're going to be changed tonight We're going to be transformed more into who You want us to be Lord we open your word tonight as a Treasure box filled with treasure And as we receive this treasure I thank you Lord that it it is the Life transforming treasure So I, I ask you Lord for the spirit of wisdom And revelation to be at work in our spirits tonight, so that the eyes of our understanding, uh, eyes of our seeing, would be enlightened in the knowledge of you, that we would know you better tonight. I thank you, Lord, for your desire to speak to us. So we say, as the prophet Samuel said, Speak, Lord. We're listening. Leading God is to truth, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Men, now would you say something nice to your neighbor? Would you tell them how pretty they are, or something? Just, just, just encourage somebody. This is not, this is not my message, but I do want to point something out. Did you notice what happened right there? It, it, it's, it's sneaky if you're not paying attention. I told you to compliment your neighbor, to tell your neighbor how pretty they are, and people started laughing. And I, I don't think they're laughing because it took a lot of faith to say that to their neighbor, but um, it's the power of edification. And if you ever want to lighten the mood, encourage someone and compliment them and say something nice, and it's amazing how quickly laughter and joy show up in that, in that moment. So I would encourage you in 2018, uh, be an edifier, be an encourager. It doesn't cost you anything. Uh, But what you gain from it is immeasurable. Romans chapter 11, verse 29. This is a verse of scripture that many of you know. And as I explained to Becca earlier today, um, I do read from the Toys R Us version, (laughs) the New King James, which is where new believers and and, uh, new creations go to. To actually understand what the Bible is saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, verse 29. Uh, I, I love this verse of scripture. And I, I, I hesitate to to say that it's my favorite. Because so much of the word is my favorite. Um, listen. If you're not in love with the word. I encourage you. F- determined to fall in love with God's word this year. Um, w- this is, this is God's message to us. The Bible says that this word is alive. That means when you open and read it, it actually talks back to you. Yeah. And, and if, you, if you are not a regular Bible reader, then I encourage you to, to start. And I'm not here to give you a formula. If you read so many chapters, so many verses, and stamp the year you're a good Christian. Um, just read something. T- take a verse. If you've got time for one verse, one verse will transform your life. And um, uh, if, you, if you wonder, well, where, where, where would I even start? Um, I wouldn't say start in Genesis. Um, I, I would say as, an, as a believer in Jesus Christ, here's what I tell my church. <clears throat> and speaking of my church, I'm blessed to have Valerie and Bo with me tonight, friends of ours. Um, but I tell our church, if you're looking for a place to start, start at Ephesians chapter 1 and then read Ephesians chapter 2 and then Ephesians chapter three. And when you finish that, you might want to read Ephesians chapter one, Ephesians chapter two, and Ephesians chapter three. And then you might want to jump over to Ephesians chapter one, and Ephesians chapter two, and Ephesians chapter three. And the reason why I say that is because Ephesians chapter one, and chapter two, and chapter three say this over and over, in him, in him, in him, in him, in him, in Christ, in him, in Christ, in him in Christ. And I find that one of the great deficiencies in the body of Christ is Christians understanding who they are now, that they are born again. And Ephesians chapter 1 and chapter 2 and chapter 3 tell us exactly who we are now. And so if you want a place to start, I'd say start there, understanding who you are in Christ. And then if you're looking for some variation, the gospel of John's a good place. And then after you read the gospel of John, you might read Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 3. I think you see where we're going here, but Romans chapter eleven, familiar verse of scripture. This is to be our launching place tonight. Verse twenty-nine says, "For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. The gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Something that I want you to understand. If you don't understand it, is you are gifted and you are called." And God is not changing his mind about that. He is not revoking your gifting. The word irrevocable is a Greek word that also means without repentance, meaning that God is not changing his mind about it. He gave you gifts and he put a calling on your life and he is not changing his mind about that. It also means, the Greek word there also means unregretted, which means that God doesn't regret giving you the gifts and the calling that he has given you. He doesn't regret it. No matter what you do or don't do with it, God doesn't regret it. No matter what you do or don't do with it, God's not changing his mind. No matter what you do or don't do with it, it is irrevocable. I have heard over the years growing up in church, if you don't use those gifts, God's just going to take them away and give them to somebody else. No, he's not. He's not going to do that. As if God is somehow rationing out gifts. And if you don't use yours, well, I've got to take those away from you and give them to somebody else because I need those gifts used. No, if you don't use them, they just don't get used. God has more than enough gifts for all of humanity. Amen. But I say this, don't let your gifts go unused. A town is starving, they say. A town is starving. A town called Las Claritas, Venezuela, is starving. Many have come to try to help this Indian village of roughly 15,000 people. They were different tribes that all came together into this one town called Las Claritas. A group from Vancouver came in September of 2002 and said we're here to help and we're gonna we're gonna help you in such a way that we're gonna provide a hundred new jobs and one man says a hundred new jobs there's 14,000 of us of this 15,000 people there's 14,000 of us without work what's a hundred jobs They said well that's just the start and then we'll build hospitals and we'll build schools and we'll have more jobs and he said for 11 years you guys have been coming and for 11 years we've we've seen nothing happen. At which point the crowd began to chant 11 years and nothing. 11 years and nothing. The Venezuelan army was there and their rifles bristling ready thinking that they're on the verge of a riot. And another group from uh, Vancouver, another part of Canada, came and said, well, we're actually the ones that that are here to help you. This other group, they just say they are, but we're we're actually really here to help you. But it was just all lies to the people of Las Claritas. They had heard that same story before. You see, something... Unusual about Las Claritas was discovered 10 years prior to that. A geological study was done and found a geological peculiarity about Las Claritas. Las Claritas, according to the geological studies, found that Las Claritas is sitting on top of one of the wealthiest gold reserves ever discovered underground, right under their feet. They say potentially there could be somewhere in the neighborhood of 13 million ounces of gold there. And these mining companies keep coming to offer aid, but nothing is getting done because of the bureaucracy and the politics of all of it. And there's a very real chance, sad to say, there's a very real chance that in our lifetime we may hear of a town called Las Claritas, Venezuela, sitting on top (laughs) of the largest gold deposit in the world, and the people starve to death. Your gifting on the inside of you is a gold mine. Use it. Dig it out. If you don't, you'll miss some of the great joys of life and the great joys of walking with God. Your gifting inside of you is a wealth for you. Don't let your life go by without ever finding out what you can do. What God created you to be. Determine that 2018 is going to be the kind of year where you discover something about yourself you never knew about yourself. Let 2018 be the kind of year where you step into an arena you never dreamed you could step into and find yourself succeeding in that arena. I believe there's some of you in here that have businesses in your heart. Let this be the year that you step out. I would encourage you, this doesn't sound like the biggest faith statement in the world, but I love this verse of Scripture about Jonathan and his armor-bearer. Jonathan and his armor-bearer are trapped. The nation of Israel is surrounded and they can't get away from the Philistines and Jonathan and his armor-bearer are actually off by themselves underneath the edge of a cliff and they can't get out of where they are either without getting shot at with bows and arrows and spears thrown at them. Jonathan comes up with the most ridiculous idea. He says, to his armor bearer, he says, let's climb the hill and face these Philistines face to face ourselves. And he makes a statement, he says, just maybe, just maybe, the Lord is with us. And the Lord saves either by many or by few. That number's irrelevant. God saves. You know, I just think that, I know it doesn't sound like a faith statement to say just maybe, but sometimes we have to start there. Just, just maybe. Let's see what God would do in this and take a step and believe that God is going to order your steps. The way you discover your gifting is that you find, um, you find truth in God's word. As I said, Ephesians chapter 1, 2, and 3 is a wonderful place to start because it starts telling you who you are in Christ. And then once you understand who you are in Christ, then you can actually dream bigger dreams. When people don't know who they are in Christ, then they always wonder who God is to them. But when you understand that in Christ you're his child, in Christ you are accepted, in Christ you are loved, in Christ you are chosen, when you understand these things about God, then you understand that God evidently has a plan for your life that he would choose you, that he would call you, that he would love you, that he would accept you. All those things are settled. So if you know that you're accepted by God, dream big. If you know that you're chosen by God, then plan big. If you know that God is for you, the Bible says if God is for you, who can stand against you? If you know these things about God, then you ought to be pushing the limits of what you can do. You ought to be stepping out in ways that you've never stepped out before, knowing that with God, all things are possible. Well, what if God doesn't want me to do that? What if he does? I have come to find that the dreams of our hearts are God's dreams for our life. And we got to get over this debate about, well, is this really what God wants for me, or is this just what I want for myself? I think I'm not sure that there is a line between those two things. I think when you're a believer in Jesus Christ, your heart just lines up with God's heart, and the things that come alive in your heart are the things that are alive in God's heart about your life. Stop being stuck and doing nothing because you don't know. I'm here to tell you the answer. Go do something great. God wants you to. You are gifted. You are called. And God is for you. So you have to go to God to find out. See, something amazing about God is Isaiah 49 says this about him. That God has inscribed your name upon his hands. Why would God why would God inscribe your name on his hands if he doesn't care about you? Why would God inscribe your name on his hands if he doesn't have a plan or an agenda for your life? Why would he inscribe his name on, your, on his hands, your name on his hands, if he didn't love you? God has written, inscribed, the Hebrew word there actually means engraved, to cut it in. Like a tattoo he's tattooed your name in his hands a- anybody got tattoos in here I'm not, I'm not going to point you out I'm not going yeah good, good yeah. a few of you some of you are like I ain't raising my hand I do but I don't want anybody to know that <laughs> I don't just, just in case you were wondering I don't um, but if you want to well let me just say it like this I just don't see the point in putting a bumper sticker on a Ferrari um, but <clears throat> but if you see yourself as a Toyota go for it Um, (laughs) I gotta stop (coughs) let me say this about your calling too I, I, I got a clock here that looks very different than my watch what time it's five till eight. Okay, this is five till nine. Made me nervous. I got really scared. <laughs> I think I it. Okay. So God is the revealer of gift and calling, but other people are too. And God brings people into your life to help you see you. When other people say things like, hey, you know, you're really good at that. Stop saying that, that's nothing. Stop saying that. You're really good at it. They're helping you identify Your gifting and abilities. They're helping you. Whether they would say it that way or not, they're helping you. But sometimes we can't recognize our giftings and abilities because they look like us. And they just seem normal. They seem like everyday, kind of ordinary, just us. But other people are trying to help you. The problem with other people trying to help is sometimes they cross a line and they're not helping. Now they're trying to tell you how you're supposed to live your life. Right? Right? There's a difference between godly counsel and opinion. And, and godly counsel is invited, opinion is imposed. right? And you know when people have crossed that line, don't you? If they're sitting next to you, don't look at them. But you, you just know when people have <coughs> crossed that line. Right. Hmm. I had an event happen to me um, two summers ago. And I, um, I'm my personality type is, is kind of um, boring. And I, um, I I really love my own company. If anybody in here can bear witness to that, just just leave me alone. I'm I'm good. Um, It's it's not that I don't like people. I I just don't like people. Um, But (laughs) I'm just good. I'm just playing, but I, but I like I like being alone. I like being by myself, and and I, I don't like I don't like I, per, personally. I don't like making a fool of myself in front of people. Um, anybody in here a big fan of that? I, I know some that just love it. They they love it. They 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 love my, my kids. I have I have. Some of my kids, uh, my son is very much like that. He loves being the center of attention, so he's willing to do anything to get that attention. And, uh, and he gladly makes himself a fool in front of people um, just for the joy. To him, he enjoys that. I don't particularly like that. But we had a church picnic, <clears throat> and um, at this church picnic, they decided to play some games. And um, one of the games was that one of those where you, you put your head down on a golf club or something, you spin around in a circle, and then you have to do it so many times, and you have to punt a football. And and I'm sitting there just videoing, minding my own business. Oh, this is good. Look at these idiots. (laughs) And then behind me, the crowd starts going, Pastor Brandon, Pastor Brandon. I'm like, not doing it. And then it just kept going and kept going. And the worst part is, my wife gets in on it. (laughs) My wife is now chanting, Pastor Brandon. So I did. And um, Becca has video to prove it. Go. Oh my god, that's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> no, 1 2 3 4 5 Six. 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 6 7, Seven. 8, Seven. Seven. Eight. Seven. Seven you see this is what happens when you let people tell you what to do too much you find that the race that you're running all of a sudden you're running their race and you find yourself flat on your back so there's a fine line. I, I would just say to you, let people help you, but at the same time, be careful. Uh, don't let them help you too much uh, because you'll find that you're, you're, you're not running your race. You're running somebody else's race. And uh, you, you, you want to make sure that you're running your race because the Bible says there's a great cloud of witnesses watching. There's a great cloud of witnesses watching you so run your race. And they're not just watching going, mm, I wonder if they're going to mess up this time. No, they're there cheering you on. They're there saying, come on, you can do this. A few weeks ago, our, um, the high school where my daughter goes to school uh, found themselves in the quarterfinals of the playoffs. Had to win the quarterfinals, then semifinals, and then we would go to state. And Wimberley High School is where my kids go to school, and Wimberley was playing Quero, the devil. And... <laughs> We hate Quarrel, because uh, usually they knock us out of the playoffs so many times. But here, and, and they're ranked number five in the state, and, and uh, Wimberley was not ranked that high. And so we're, we're, we're in this football game, and Wimberley is winning, and we're all going crazy. And um, <clears throat> uh, a Wimberley player got hurt. And as is customary in high school football, especially here in Texas, is that when a player goes down, every player goes down, and they drop to a knee, right? Players on the sidelines, players on the field, and the stadium went dead quiet. And it's a bi- it was a big stadium filled with people, filled with people, because there were people there. It was a playoff game, so there were people that didn't go to either school, but they were just there for the excitement of the playoff game. And so w- this young man from Wimberley is laying flat on his back on the field and the trainers are out there working on him and every player is down on one knee and it's dead quiet and then all of a sudden from across the field from Quero's stands comes the voice of a mother she wasn't his mother but this lone voice in the midst of all this stillness begins to call out to that young man on the field. And she said this, come on baby, get up. Come on baby, you can do it. We believe in you. You can get up. Come on baby, get up. It's going to be alright, you're going to be okay. And after a little bit, the little boy set up. The trainers picked him up and everybody erupted. Cheers. And Wimberley went on to win that game, which we were very grateful for, but they lost in the semifinals. But every time you fall down, there's a voice from that cloud of witnesses that says, come on, baby, get up. They're not rejoicing in your failing and saying, look, they did it again. No, there's a constant voice in that cloud saying, come on, baby, get up. Get up. And if you feel like you have fallen down, maybe 2017 was a year of falling down. 2018, the voice of 2018 is this. Come on, baby, get up. The Bible says, though the righteous man fall, he will get up every time. See, the end of your story is not that you fall. The end of your story is that you get up. We're not doomed for failure. We are destined for purpose and accomplishment and success and victory. That's who we are as believers in Jesus Christ. And see, you have a power. There's a wonderful power that's at work on your side. Amen. That power that is at work on your side is a power called grace. Imagine with me, if you would, I'll finish with this story. Am I okay on time? Imagine with me, if you would. A boxing match. And in the ring is a young Christian woman. We'll use a woman. Women can fight too, right, Olivia? Yeah. And she's fighting the devil. And she's fighting, and she's, she's pursuing God, and she's striking blow after blow after blow. And she's hitting the devil right on his chin over and over, and she's winning this fight. And the crowd filled with 100,000 Christians, they're there, "Come on, you can do it. Hit him once for me!" And man, she's just on top. And then in a moment, she gets distracted and looks off to the side, and the devil lands a blow on her and knocks her down on the mat. And the referee begins to count. One. Two. Three. The devil's dancing around the ring. Four. Five. Six. The devil says, piece of cake! Next! Seven. Eight. Nine. The devil jumps up on the bottom rope, hands on the top. Ten. The devil throws his fists in the air. Easy. It's easy. Then, in one horrifying moment, the devil hears 11. <laughs> 12. 13. The devil runs over to the referee named Grace and he says, that's not fair! And the referee says, I know. 16, 17, 18. You see, Grace never stops counting. Some of you in here are on 17,752,529. Well, I'm here to say 30! 31! Because grace is still counting. Grace will keep counting until the son and daughter of God gets up off the mat. It will not, grace will not, God will not ever give up on you. 2018 is the year to do more than you've ever done. 2018 is the year to accomplish more than you've ever accomplished. 2018 is the year of harvest, it's the year of increase it's the year of the fulfillment of dreams and visions it's also the year of awakening of new dreams and visions listen you're not done, I don't know what age you are it doesn't matter honestly in the mind of God it doesn't matter, you're never too young you're never too old for God to do something amazing with what we want to do is we just always want to, no matter what age we are we always want to do it together See, God doesn't, God doesn't want a young church or an old church. He just wants his church. And young people, listen to me for a minute. You need the older people sitting in this room. You need them. For you to be everything that God has called you to be, you need them. Yeah, but they don't understand. They can't even work an iPhone. They don't need to know how to work an iPhone. But let me say this to some of you who consider yourselves in the older generation. You need the young people too. You need them. You need them. Mary had an encounter with God that no one ever in history has ever had. She's gonna have a baby, and it's not just any ordinary baby, she's gonna have God's baby. No pressure there. Try selling that bill of goods to your fiance. But she asked the angel, what do I do? And the angel said, I don't put it on Facebook, see who knows. Tweet about it. Snapchat. Instagram a picture of the angel and see if they can explain it. No. The angel said to this young girl, they suspect somewhere around 14, 15, maybe 16 years old, he said, go to Elizabeth, your cousin. She's also pregnant in her old age. Elizabeth had never experienced anything like what Mary was experiencing. She wasn't pregnant with God's baby. But the angel still told her that Elizabeth was the answer. You see, the older generation doesn't have to go experience everything that you're experiencing them for them to be helpful to you. And here's the beautiful thing about it. No matter your age, what this story tells us, no matter your age, both generations are pregnant. are pregnant now here's the catch though for all of us to be who we're supposed to be each generation has to recognize their role their place in this process Elizabeth was pregnant with John the Baptist Mary was pregnant with Jesus you see what the older generation once you become the older generation what the older generation is pregnant with prepares the way. What the younger generation is pregnant with is the way. For the church to move successfully into the next generation's hands, there has to come a point where we recognize that the young people actually have something to contribute. I mean, don't put them in charge of the finances, but we all have a part to play together. And it takes us working together for us to become who we're supposed to be. It's right that this stage is filled with young people. It's right. It's right that this room is filled with young people. It's right that this room is filled with wise people. Nobody likes to. I don't like to be called old. Anybody in here like to be called old? I don't like to. Be called My dad loves to point out how much grayer my hair is than his. But everybody in here has a gift, has a calling. And you discover that, you really do discover it. It becomes clear to you in that secret place. It's that place where you're with God and God's with you. You're in his word the Spirit is speaking or you're in a church service and all of a sudden something awakens on the inside of you. Dr. T.L. Osborne said this, great missionary statesman. He said oftentimes we run around just looking for someone to take what they have and just put it on the inside of us as an impartation. He said, but most of the time it works like this. You have seeds of greatness on the inside of you, and when you sit under the word, the word awakens the seed. If you'll just just determine in 2018 that you'll be more consistent and faithful in church, you watch what will come alive on the inside of you. Just sit under the preaching of the word. Paul told Titus that God has in these last days chosen to reveal himself through the preaching of his word. God wants to reveal himself to you in 2018. And I believe that he will every time you find yourself in this place. Every time you find yourself in God's house. Would you stand to your feet, please? I want to pray over you and just, I, want to, I want to give you a thought to think about. We've all got a lot of goals and expectations for 2018. It's the best year ever. But let me just offer something to you to think about. Let 2018, in particular, the beginning of 2018, let it be the start of you letting other people off the hook. Don't carry what you've carried from 2017 into 2018. And I know you. Th- sometimes we think that if we let them off the hook, they're going to get away with it. Jesus was on the cross dying and these people had cried out, crucify him. And on the cross, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Can, can I just say something to you? They kind of knew what they were doing. But you see what Jesus is doing here? What Jesus is doing in this moment is he's letting them off the hook, not for their sake, but for his own heart. If he says they don't know what they're doing, then his heart stays clear all the time. Listen, the things that people have done to you, I would would venture to say, just from my life experience, I would venture to say, I'm going to make this statistic up because most statistics are just made up on the spot. But Just my experience would say somewhere around 95% probably of people that have hurt my feelings didn't do it on purpose. They were just thoughtless. They were just thoughtless. It slipped their mind. They forgot. That text they were supposed to return, they didn't return that text. package they said was coming from Amazon and never showed up <laughs> that gift they said they were going to give you and it didn't come it's not, don't, don't associate f- thoughtlessness with malice people forget and I would say this is a good time of year to just let all those people off the hook and start clean and I believe God will help you Amen. Father, I thank you for these people, every person here. I thank you, Lord, for your anointing and your power that is in this place. And right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I declare an awakening to gifting, an awakening to calling, an awakening to purpose and destiny. The 2018 will be a year of adventure and exploration and excitement in the name of Jesus. And Lord, for those who have carried things for so long, hurts and wounds from people, tonight, Father, by faith, we let them off the hook. They didn't know what they were doing. If they had just thought about it a little bit extra, they wouldn't have done it. They don't know what they're doing. They didn't know. So we, we free them from our heart. We free them from that obligation that we've laid upon them, that hurt and that pain that we have laid upon them. We let that go. And we take a deep breath, knowing that today, today is the start of something brand new in our lives. This year is a year that's free of those past entanglements, those past hurts, those past disappointments. The end of our story is not failure and loss, but 2018 is the year we get up and overcome. And I give you thanks for each person. I bless their lives. I declare blessing, health, prosperity, increase, joy, and peace. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Would you give the Lord a good hand clap for his word?